Hi, I'm Peter Palma, the pastor of Taipei International Church, and I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast today. This program is designed to encourage you, to help you grow in your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus. May God bless you as you listen. If you didn't see the news, if you didn't see the video, there was a, a cell phone video taken of uh, police officers who were kneeling on a handcuffed man. And there were three of them kneeling on this man, two on his legs, one on his neck. It was uh, white police officers. With, there was a, also an Asian American police officer, but it was on the neck of a black man. The man was handcuffed on the street, and this police officer had his knee on this man's neck for eight minutes. A crowd gathered, and they were pleading with the police officers. As the man is crying out, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, the police officers continued to put pressure on his neck. The bystanders cried out, said, hey, you're, you're, he, he can't breathe, please. He's not resisting. Please, please check him, check him. And the police officers didn't listen. They didn't pay attention. And the man died on the scene. And anyone who, who watches that video, you, you can't even put into words. It, it's unbelievable. It, it's how could this happen? How could a human being treat another human being like this? How could they not pay attention? How could they not respond to anyone? And I think that this video is, it, it certainly has gotten the attention of everyone across America. There were, as of last night I, in Taiwan, as of Saturday morning, there had been riots in 30 cities or protests in 30 cities across America. And, I think this is, in, you know, racism is a, a global issue for every people, but in America in particular, racism is a, an issue that the black community has suffered with, has dealt with from the beginning of the nation. And so as we, as we look at this, as, as hopefully we feel outraged, as hopefully we feel anger, what do we do? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus and see something like this? Well, first, is, it's okay to hate what happened. Paul writes in Romans, he says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Hate what is evil. Abhor what is evil. And we look at what happened, and it was evil. They treated George Floyd as if he was not made in the image of God. They treated him as if he was not a human being. It was evil what happened. And it's okay for us, it is right, it is good for us to hate what happened, that this would occur. It is okay to hate racism that people of a different color would be treated differently. That is okay. But it's not okay to hate people. 
What does it mean to hold hatred for what is evil and yet love people? And I want to back up and, and we'll start at the very beginning at, at Genesis. And we're going to walk through what does God want? How do we respond to this? And even though we're not in America, we represent Christ here in Taipei. And even though the same racism is not happening in, in Taiwan, in Taipei, it still happens here in Taiwan. And what is our call as the church? First of all, in Genesis chapter 1, we learn that God created mankind in his image. Every person, and let me just read the scripture, Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God created man and he created woman. Man was first, woman was second, but they're both created in the image of God. Both male and female are in the image of God. There is no difference in God's eyes in the value of a, a woman or a man. Every single human being on earth bears the image of God, was created by God, is loved by God. And so our starting point, our starting point as believers in God is every single person is valuable. Every single person, no matter male or female, no matter white, black, Asian, brown, what, whatever color someone is, they bear the image of God. C.S. Lewis says that if you saw even the most lowly person, even the most humble person, the ugliest person, the meanest person, if you saw them transformed by God in glory in heaven, you would be tempted to worship them. Each person carries the image of God and is valuable. So what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? It means we see everyone of great value in God's eyes. If those police officers had valued George Floyd, had seen the image of God in him, had seen that he was created by God, and George Floyd was a follower of Jesus. He may not have been following him at the end of his life, well, I don't know what he was like at the end of his life, but what there is testimony of is pastors from Houston who said George Floyd was instrumental in us being able to bring the gospel to the neighborhood. That George opened the way for people to hear about Jesus. George offered protection of these ministers of Christ in his neighborhood. He was called a person of peace. When Jesus sent out the 12 disciples, he said, find a man of peace. Find someone in the neighborhood, in the village, who can introduce you to the others. That is what George Floyd did. So George Floyd is someone who believed in Jesus. He carried the image of God. Each person on earth bears the image of God and is loved deeply. As children of God, we need to carry the same kind of love. 
Now, I'm, I'm worked up about this. Please don't think I'm angry at you. I feel passionate, but I'm not, I'm not speaking it against our church. I'm just trying to declare the truth with some forcefulness. Okay, so, and I'm, I want to give you just a theological understanding of how we need to view people of other races, how we treat people of other races. We're made in God's image in the beginning. At the end of the Bible, if we turn all the way to Revelation, if we turn all the way to Revelation, we see a glimpse of the end of human history, of, of this turn that when Jesus is, is about to come back and make things right once and for all, what does John see in Revelation chapter 5, 9 to 10? It says, they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and opens its seals. And it, the, the scroll is, is God's mandate to rule the earth. Jesus is worthy to be the ruler, to be the king of all humanity. Why? For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. So Jesus is worthy because he died on the cross so we could be forgiven of our sins. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. We could not make ourselves right with God. No matter how hard we tried, no matter the number of good things we do, no matter how much money we give or how much service we provide or how many prayers we pray, there is no way to satisfy God's standard of righteousness. And so Jesus came as the perfect human being. He came as the perfect man. The Son of God, Son of Man, died on the cross, and with his blood he ransomed every tribe and language and people and nation. And notice there, the nations do not dissolve, the cultures do not dissolve into one culture. It says, you have made them a kingdom and priest. So there is one kingdom. But people will not lose their culture. I don't believe that people will lose their cultural distinctives. That we will continue to have our identity. Because God, if, if he was going to bring us all into one homogeneous people group, why would he create several in the beginning? God loves diversity. God loves each and every people group. God loves each and every color, each and every culture. God loves each and every language. And there will be languages, there will be different cultures, and yet it's one kingdom. God did not force the earth to become Jewish in order to become part of his family. And we see that in the New Testament. The early church did not demand that the Gentile believers, the Roman believers, the Greek believers become Jews in order to become part of Jesus' family. They retained their culture, but they followed Jesus. And so we need to recognize that God values people of every culture, of every 
color because he made them in his image. And people do not need to leave their culture to become part of God's family. The police officers didn't see that. They didn't see that George Floyd was worthy of dignity, was worthy of respect, was worthy of being honored. Does that mean that George Floyd did everything perfectly? No, it, it doesn't. We don't know what happened between the video that isn't seen. But regardless of what happened, what they did was evil. But where did it come from? It came from their heart. It was not an external thing. It was internal. It was the natural action of their heart. It was a natural part of the culture. It was sin. It was evil. And we are not that much different. Because we have the same potential for evil within us. This is why Jesus came to die. Because we could not be righteous. Because we were bent toward evil. Nobody teaches a culture to hate another culture. It, it, just, it just comes from the heart. And so what does Christ do? He knows that we're bent towards racism. He knows that we're bent towards prejudice. He knows that this is how the world works and how people live. But that's why he came to die. Because we're like that. And so what does he want? Because we can't use culture as our guide. We can't use society as our guide because society is not fair. People are not righteous. And probably most of us have experienced some form of racism. Some at a greater degree than others. But anyone who's lived in a different culture than their home culture has probably experienced it. What does God want? Well, Jesus tells us how to pray, doesn't he? He says, this is how I want you to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does God's kingdom look like? God's kingdom looks like every culture, every language, every people, every tribe singing together being unified together, being welcomed together. God's kingdom is every different, distinct people group together. And Jesus says, this is how I want you to pray. The first thing I want you to pray is your kingdom come. And so what does that mean? That means TIC should look a whole lot like heaven. <laughs> that means that this room, that this gathering on Sunday needs to look like heaven. In many ways, there are many ways to look like heaven, but one way to look like heaven is every single people group, every single culture says, this is my home. This is my family. I was in one church. I was part of a church, and, and we were having this, this dinner, this celebration dinner, and 
There's a, an African man who was visiting the church for the, for the dinner and he turned to an Indian and he said, what is it like for you to be a minority in this church? And I kind of went like this. And, and this Indian man looked at this African scholar and he said, we don't even think about that here. We're just, we're just family. And I was so relieved. <laughs> I was so relieved that for this man who felt like an outsider in that culture, every other place felt at home in the family of God. Every other institution people gather together by their culture they gather together by similar interests they gather together by with people who are like them the church is the only place where you expressly intentionally love people who are different from you because you have the same savior and because you have the same savior it means you have the same family and in a family, we know that everyone belongs. In the family, there are not classes. There are not tiers of races. There are not tiers of people, well, well, you're accepted if you get these grades. You're accepted if you're in this profession. You're accepted if, if we like your personality or attitude. In a family, everyone belongs because they're a family. And this needs to be TIC. In a world that doesn't accept people who are different, we need to be a church that reflects the kingdom. We need to be a church that says every culture is equally valued. Every person is equally valued. We need to be a church where Americans don't hang out with Americans and Malaysians don't hang out with Malaysians and Chinese don't hang out with Chinese and Taiwanese don't hang We can be with our own culture, but we need to embrace each other. And it's not natural. It's not normal to do that because we gravitate towards people we, who are like us, who think the same way as us. And, and we allow those people to become our circle of friends. And, you know, to be quite honest, I feel like we're doing okay. Maybe not okay. Maybe I should be careful by saying okay, because we can always do better. But I, I don't feel like we're that cliquish. But I, so I'm just, I'm just saying this is who we need to be every culture and we try to reflect that in the people who are on stage we try to reflect that in the people you see up front that it's it's different ages it's different cultures it's different groups because this is the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is every language every nation every people and this is something that we need to advocate for this is something that we need to pray for that we need, we need to pray, God, let your kingdom come to TIC. Let the nations be re represented at TIC. And every nation says, this is my family. This is my home.
We pray for his kingdom to come. What, what do we pray? Well, Galatians 3.28 says, There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor male or female, for you are all in, one Christ, in Christ Jesus. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4, 4 to 6, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all and through all and in all, one God and Father, one family. There are no dividing lines in Christ. There are no dividing lines in Christ. We have one Father. And what is the heart of a father? I can tell you I have four boys. My heart is that the boys would love each other equally. And it rips my heart when two of the boys reject one of their brothers. And they say, we don't want him. And it can be for a variety of reasons. We want to be alone. And as a father, that, that kills my heart. In fact, I put all of my boys in one bedroom. Not because we don't have multiple bedrooms in our apartment. But because I want them to be one family. I want them to love each other deeply. I want them to know that they need to care for and support and encourage one another, that they belong to each other. And so I force them into one room. And the oldest one says, can I have my own room? Can I have my own room? And I say, no, because I want you with your brothers. What must it look like for God if he looks upon his people, and he sees people on the fringes who feel like they don't belong, who feel like they're second class, who feel like they're in a different tier. It must grieve his heart. And it's natural because it's the way of the world. But we are not natural. We're not a natural community. We are the kingdom of God. We are the people of God. We have a savior who's made us one and we need to actively decide, actively determine that I will love people who are different than me. I will welcome people who are different from me. I will eat with people who are different from me. And if I see someone who's different from me, who's alone, who's isolated, who's on the outside, I will go out and bring them in. And you say, well, they're not like me. They don't think like me. They don't like the same things as me. That's secondary. We're not a community that's gathered together because we have the same hobbies and reading habits. We're a community that's gathered together because we have the same father, because we have the same savior, because it's the same blood that ransomed us, because we have the same future, we have the same hope. And so we wanna reflect that in this room. We wanna reflect that in this community. 
And what the world should see is when they see one color kneeling on the neck of another color in the church, they should see one color serving the other color. They should see one color loving the other color. And it's not one way or the other way. It's all the way around. This is the call. This is the kingdom. And, and we pray for the kingdom to come. We pray that we would be one as a community. But in order to be one as a community, we need to love our neighbors as ourselves. We need to love our neighbors as ourselves. And, and someone said to Jesus, what does that mean? And, and Jesus gave this example, the, the story of the Good Samaritan, that there was a, a Jew who is walking down from Jerusalem to Jericho. It was this dangerous road where bandits would hide out, beat people and steal their money. And that's what happened to him. He was left naked on the road. A priest walks by and ignores him. A temple servant walks by and ignores him. And then a Samaritan comes. Now, Samaritans and Jews hated each other. Jews wouldn't talk to Samaritans. They avoided their villages. They, anything they could do to avoid a Samaritan, they did. They didn't talk to them. They hated them. The Jews burned down the Samaritans' temple. The Samaritans left pig bones in the Jews' temple to defile it. There was so much hatred between the two people groups. And yet it's the Samaritan who stops, the Samaritan who picks him up, puts the man on his donkey, treats his wounds, brings him to an inn, stays with him overnight, and pays the medical bill, the hospital bill. He shows him, he gives him medical care, he gives him transportation, he, he, whatever schedule this man had, whatever meeting he was going to, he put it on hold to take care of this person who hates him. And Jesus says, that's what it means to love your neighbor. Loving my neighbor does not mean loving Eric who likes me. I mean, that's part of it. But loving my neighbor means loving the people who hate me, loving the people who are against me, loving the people who won't talk to me, loving anyone who's in need. If we want to bring the kingdom to come, we need to look at every person who walks in those doors and say, that is my neighbor. They need to be loved. That is my neighbor. That's my potential family member. It may, she may be my family member. If they're in Christ, it's family. And I think in Taiwan, we have a very clear understanding of what family obligations are. And we need to know that Christ puts us into a family, not into an organization. Christ puts us into a family. And the expectation is that we treat each other like family. We love each other like family. We're committed to each other like family. And the color of our skin is not a determining factor of how we treat one another. Because we have one Christ. We have one God. We have one Father. We have one kingdom. And yet many tribes, many languages, many people, one Savior. Jesus says, pray that my kingdom would come. And so we need to be actively praying that his kingdom would come. His kingdom would be reflected in this place. 
we pray that we would love our neighbors as ourselves. And loving our neighbors as ourselves is bringing the kingdom, but also loving our enemies. We pray for kingdom to come, and that means we love our enemies, that we do not hate the wicked. We do not hate evil people, but we love them and pray for them. And Jesus is our supreme example of that as he prayed for the Father to forgive those who crucified him. Jesus knows what it's like to be oppressed. Jesus knows what it's like to be executed unjustly. Jesus knows what it's like to be mocked while naked, hanging on a cross, shamed. And what comes out of his heart is not, Father, pour out your wrath upon these evil men. It's, Father, forgive them. And so it is right and it is good to hate evil. But our Christ loves evil people. Our Christ loves evil people. Hatred is cannibalistic. Hatred consumes the host. Love is freedom. And Martin Luther King Jr. knew this. He knew that hatred would not bring healing. He knew that it was love that would bring healing. And he got angry. And he hated what was evil, but he realized there was a difference between evil and people. People are made in the image of God. And Christ came because we were evil. We were all evil. We pray for the kingdom to come. We pray that we would love our enemies. And Jesus is our supreme example of that. But an example is not enough. I could look at an Olympic athlete and they can give me the example of how they train. I don't, I don't see Samuel today. Samuel is a professional soccer player. And he could show me how to play soccer, football, depending on where you're from. He could show me how to train. He could be the perfect example for me of a football player, and yet I will consistently fall short of his example. And God knew we couldn't do it. He knew we needed more than an example. He knew that left to ourselves, left to our own effort, we would still be evil. We would still have hatred in our heart. We would still disobey him. And so he made this promise in Ezekiel. He said, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Today is Pentecost Sunday. 
It's the Sunday we, we remember, we celebrate the giving of the Holy Spirit. You see, an example was not enough. Jesus outside of us was not enough to transform us. We needed Jesus inside of us. We need someone working from the inside to change our heart. And this is why the Holy Spirit came. Because in our own effort, we cannot bring the kingdom. In our own effort, we will run out of love. In our own effort, we will be disappointed and we will be angry and we will be filled with hatred in our own self. And so God said, not only am I going to ransom you, I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. And he will move you to live according to my law. And what is the law? To love. To love those who hate you. To sacrifice your own self for others. And maybe God is calling you to get involved in some way in Taiwan or in your own nation or in America. Maybe he will send you back and say, I want you to be part of bringing justice to your country, to your people. Maybe he will raise you up or your children up and you'll be part of changing policy and and working on training programs to help people respect and honor those of other cultures to not be afraid. Maybe you will, God will use you in that way. For many of us, our calling is what we control, what we come in contact with, our sphere of influence. And so you may not be used on a national level, but you certainly can be used on a local level. You certainly can be used in this room to love people who are different from you to love people who would feel like they're on the fringe, like they feel like they're on the outside, like they feel like they're second class, like they feel that nobody talks to them when they come to TIC. And you know what? It may be because they don't have the courage to talk. It may be because they're shy. It may be because they're introverted. Okay, but let me tell you, once you know you're loved, you feel at home. Every person who comes into TIC should feel like they're home, should feel like they belong, should feel like they're loved, should feel like there are no barriers, there are no divisions. Everyone is one family. This is the culture that we need. This is heaven's culture. And it's not natural. It's not normal. It takes the Holy Spirit. It takes the love of Jesus. It takes praying, God, let your kingdom come. And so I want to urge you, we can't change what's happening in Minneapolis in, while we're in this room. And, and maybe one of us can. Maybe God will send one of us to Minneapolis. Maybe God will raise someone up from this room. But what we can do is influence this house. What we can do is influence this family. And so I want to urge you that if one is, is just to check your own heart. Because if we're really, really honest, if we let the walls, the defensive walls come down, 
there's probably prejudice in our heart. There are probably some, some people groups that we look at differently than others. There are probably some people that we avoid. And we don't want to gloss over that. We want to bring it to the cross. It's natural to stick with people who think like you, look like you, and like the same things as you. That's natural. That's what the world does. We're not the world. Our culture is heaven. And we want to be a church. We want to be a family that loves, that says, God, let your kingdom come. And we don't just pray for the kingdom to come. We bring the kingdom here. We actively bring the kingdom through our love. And so we don't wait for someone to love us. We go we go loving. And that may be asking someone from a different culture out for lunch and just saying, hey, why don't you join us for lunch today? Why don't you join our small group? I just want you to know you're invited. I just want you to know you're welcome. This is, this is the kingdom. The kingdom is there's always one more spot at the table. And it's for you. We've been waiting for you this whole time. That's the kingdom. We want to be a church that reflects the kingdom. And I believe that this is the heart of TIC. I believe that, you know, as I'm speaking to you, you're all saying, yes, this is what I want. This is the love that I want in this place. Are we perfectly like this? I don't think so. But you could ask someone of a different culture and, and say, ask the same question. What is it like for you at TIC? And they may say, it's great. I feel totally at home. Awesome. Or they may say, you know what? Sometimes I feel like an outsider. We want everybody to feel at home in this place. And the worship team can come on up. everybody to feel at home. We need your love. We need your Holy Spirit empowered love. Your Holy Spirit empowered welcome. Your Jesus influenced kingdom minded love. Let's stand. And if you are part of this church and you feel like you've been an outsider because of your culture, I, I want to apologize to you. I'm deeply sorry that you would feel that way if you do. And if you do, please come and tell me. Come and tell me. You know, I've been coming here and I feel like an outsider. But here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with love for people who are different. 
Today is the, we, we remember the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was given to us so that we could do what God wants us to do. And so if you could just in your own words say, Holy Spirit, fill me with love. Help me to love. Help me to bring the kingdom here to this place. Help me to see people of different cultures as created in the image of God. Help our church to be a place where every culture says, I'm home. I'm home. And I'll pray for us. I'll give you a moment. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, in a hurting and broken world where there is racism, where there is such evil and such pain, we pray that we would be like heaven. We pray that we would be a, a kingdom, that ref, a church that reflects your kingdom. We pray that you would fill our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit with love from heaven for one another. Lord, let us see each person, each culture as our neighbor. Let us be active, not passive in the way we love. Let us reach out, Lord. We pray that your kingdom would come to TIC. We pray that when people walk into this place, they would instantly know they have entered a community that is different and that they would smell heaven on us, that they would feel heaven's love coming from us. I pray that every person who feels on the outside would, would feel that they are part of the family, would know that they are part of the family. Lord, I pray that we would be a light in this city, that we would represent your best in this city. And Lord, we know that the only way this can happen is if each one of us changes, if each one of us is filled with your love. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and fall afresh on us and fill us with your love. Fill us with your love today. As we sing praises to your name fill us with your love in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening to the podcast today if you were encouraged please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify so others can find our channel if you have a friend who would be encouraged by this episode please let them know about it share it with them if you live in the Taipei area and you'd like to join us on a Sunday for service, go to our website, www.taipeichurch.org. And if you're around the world and you'd like to participate in our Sunday service, you can join our live stream on our YouTube channel, Taipei International Church. So whether you live in Taipei, Taiwan, or another nation, may God bless you, may His face shine upon you, and may He give you peace. See you next time.